Welcome to 49ers Friday. We're your hosts, uh, Ryan Hensley and 49ersQCMerch.com. That's my new name. I changed it. Uh, the Niners played last night. It wasn't great. They scored zero points. It used to be that was the dress rehearsal. They can say they didn't game plan, but it wasn't exactly something that would... It wasn't exactly a confidence builder for the offense. And, you know, they pulled Trey Lance from this game. He was 7 for 11, had no nice plays. His quarterback rating was 73. Normally, a young guy like that, you might leave him out a little bit longer, maybe get something good going didn't happen maybe it's because leaving him out longer wouldn't necessarily made things better now that we've seen a pretty lackluster training camp and an up and down preseason from Trey Lance and the fact that it's August 26 2022 and Jimmy Garoppolo still on this team do you think it's fair to say that the Niners are more are more nervous about Trey Lance and they're letting on yes and so uh Last night I talked to somebody that I know and I know a lot of people are going to say bullshit. You don't know anybody and that's fine. Um, but I talked to somebody that knows what he's talking about. And um, I hated to hear it because it's not what I agree with, what I was hoping to hear. But what I was told is that uh, the 49ers are more reluctant about Trey Lance. They're not as confident in Trey Lance as they are putting out there. Um, to the media uh, and that everyone loves Jimmy. Um, they're more confident in Jimmy. And that may be why they've been keeping around, keeping him around for so long, why they value him so high, why they're demanding so much for uh, if they do trade him, they want more than what most people think he's worth. Um, so I heard that last night. I was really disappointed to hear that. Uh, this person knows what they're talking about. Um, well, so, real yeah. quick. I mean, what, what's what's disheartening about this is your your source is saying the Niners are not as confident in Trey Lance as they let on uh, publicly the media. They haven't expressed a lot of confidence. I, I I've been saying that. I mean, they really haven't. They they waited until like the beginning of training camp to say it's Trey Lance's team, uh, and then really no matter what they say, like Trent Williams will come out and say the right thing. Kyle will try, but actions speak louder than words. And as long as Jimmy Garoppolo is on the roster, that is not a vote of confidence in Trey Lance. If you want to show confidence in Trey Lance, the first thing you do is get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. That's what the Chiefs did when they transitioned from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes. Alex, thanks for everything, but I think they got rid of him in January. They didn't mess around. The Niners are messing around, which leads to... This isn't even speculation anymore. It's not speculation. This is It's clear. I mean, look... He didn't have a great camp. His his completion percentage was in the 50s, and his TD to INT ratio was about one-to-one, if not worse than that. Not ideal. I mean, there's excuses and, and mitigating circumstances and context, but clearly they would have liked him to do a lot better. And you got to have this – you got to wonder if this whole team is like, well, let's just go back to Jimmy, you know? Yeah. Let's just go back to Jimmy. Even if – because, I mean, they probably think they can win a Super Bowl with Jimmy, even though they can't. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it was hard to hear because this person never tells me anything. I ask them all the time. I've known them forever. Yeah. Um, and for for this person to tell me that, uh, I was like, damn, like that that really hit hard. And he knows what's going on. Trust me. Um, so, 
yeah, hearing that the, that they're more nervous about Trey Lance than they're letting on, uh, it makes sense. And and you know, I thought you were crazy for thinking Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be on this roster, and now I, I'm not so sure he's not going to be on this roster. I know it sounds crazy. I don't want him on the roster. Um, I don't agree with the take that I heard last night, but that's what I'm hearing. And now it's starting to make sense why he's been around uh, for so long. And I actually think you have a, a chance to win that bet with your dad uh, now. Um, well, Schefter is reporting the same thing. He reported yesterday that that there's a definite chance the Niners will keep Jimmy Garoppolo as a backup quarterback. I mean, just think about it. They would love to use Trey Lance like he's John Elway. But they try. They evaluated all this stuff in the offseason. I saw it. I mean, he's struggling on the on the deep in and the deep out. So what are you going to do over on the intermediate route? Like if they feel they can't call certain things, what they're going to do is go to this triple option college run game that they installed, and you know that's great. But there's a reason teams don't do that in the NFL. It leads to hits on the quarterback, and that'll be a last resort. But they'll do it if they have to. And if he's running the triple option. And Jimmy Garoppolo is the backup quarterback. It's probably only a matter of time until Jimmy Garoppolo is playing at least for a quarter or a, a game or or two. So and, I don't and know. I know we're going to talk about it in more depth in, in regards to Jimmy and the quarterbacks and how they handle that. But, um, you know, if I'm being honest and I ask myself, are the 49ers, uh, do they have a stronger quarterback room with Trey Lance and Jimmy as opposed to Trey Lance and Nate Sudfeld or, or Purdy? The answer is yes, that it's a stronger quarterback room. With Trey Lance and Jimmy, you know, regardless of who starts, obviously I think Trey Lance should start. Um, I thought he should last year, but Jimmy Garoppolo as a backup is a better quarterback room than Purdy or Sudfeld, and we got to be honest about that. That's just the truth. Yeah, they could have got a different backup for cheaper, um, but I, I do think that like they could probably renegotiate Jimmy Garoppolo's contract and, and get him to be way I mean you're not going to pay him 27 million to be a backup no one would pay him I don't think he's going to be a starter this year but what I want to say is there's one more thing that's disheartening about the Trey Lance thing we said he should have started last year he should have played last year you learn by playing look at Josh Allen you want to be Josh Allen Josh Allen played Mm -hmm. well they said no he's going to be Patrick Mahomes he's going to sit for a year he's going to learn what he was sitting and learning from Rich Scangarello who wasn't even invested and now Scangarello's gone and now he's a new quarterback coach who's teaching him all kind of different stuff, different footwork, different everything. So to me, it feels like last year was a waste of time. He yeah. learned an, a playbook that's now different. I mean, I really feel like it was a waste of time, and that's too bad, really too bad. He definitely would have got more out of playing last year, and that's on the 49ers. So if they feel like, oh, man, he's not ready or they're a little nervous, well, that's because you never, you've been nervous the whole time, the whole time, and you've never really committed to him. You yeah. didn't give him the offensive line. You gave him a a, a a backup quarterback. I don't know. I feel like they're complicit. If you want a quarterback to work out, like, go all in. Yeah, I think I'll I'll probably save more for for when we talk about the mistakes the 49ers made because this is one of the big ones that that I want to talk about when when we address it. But I agree 100 percent with what you're saying. All right, Irfan says John Lynch said that Sermon has been one of the best players in camp. Trying yes, to trade him. Trying to trade him. He's either Something trying to trade him, but the way Kyle talks about him, Kyle talks about him positively too. So it's like they're almost – they're either trying to trade him or justify their feelings. He looks him. exactly like the guy last year who was in the doghouse. Exactly like the same. So I don't understand. They can say what they want. I don't believe him. I don't oh, believe him. I, 
I will say that the, the last night in the preseason game, that was the hardest I've seen him run. So I think quality control is working. He hears you. He was putting it's, in some effort. It gets results. Bryant Culp says, Jimmy, week one bubble wrap. Let's go. It makes you excited, right? <laughs> On the goal line says, I don't understand these rumors, to be honest. If they wanted to start Jimmy, they could do what Green Bay is doing with love. Why these rumors coming out now? It's because the Niners lack conviction and confidence. They want to do this. But when it's time to actually do it, it seems like they're just nervous. They've been nervous ever since they drafted this kid. Hard to explain it. Yeah, I mean, he's got 25 games under his belt. That's, that's the thing is, you know, we'll talk about it more, but he's got 25 games under his belt. He's going to have ups and downs. He's going to struggle. He's going to learn. This is his rookie season. Last year could have been his rookie season. Thank you. But it's, it's this year. Yeah. All right. So let's talk something positive from the game. Samuel Womack. Two good, three three good preseason games in a row. He's yeah. looking like their best draft pick from this year so far. Immediately, at least at least for this coming year, yeah. yeah. He's he's a shining star, man. Every time he's out there, he's doing good things. He had a pass interference call, but he was great coverage. You know, could, it was probably pass interference. No different from whoever was guarding Debo, though. It's the same same call, but he's right there. He's making plays. That guy is a shining star, uh, bright future. Super glad that they got him, especially in the fifth round, right? So it's a steal. The one thing with him that I'm looking for is the PI because he's right there. He's he's so good in coverage. He gives up no separation, and refs aren't going to know who he is. They're going to be like, 26? All up in Cooper uh, Cup's grill? That's got to be a flag, right? Until he actually gets a reputation, he might just get the who the hell are you flag. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you think about how good he is already as a rookie. Uh, he's going to learn. Those are some of the things he's going to learn as he right. goes on. And, and like he said, he'll build his reputation, and, and that will help him as well. Yeah. And maybe the fact that he's playing on a great defense will help mm-hmm. him build a reputation quickly as a key cog in a great defense. Because so far, he's looking like an upgrade over K1 Williams. Is that blasphemous so far? No. K1 think- didn't have length like this. He never got to the ball. K1 was good at, uh, you know, stopping the run and Amazing. stopping the run. Yeah. Good tackler, you know, but we yeah. could see Womack with a big role at the, you know, the two corner spot, at the second corner spot on the outside as well, because Emmanuel Mosley and um, Charverius Ward, you know, who, who knows if they're going to be able to last the entire season. Um, it's going to be crazy who ends up playing at the one and two spot, the corner and a nickel. You got Verrett coming back after week four. Um, so they could either be really good or, you know, if they get injured, you know, it might all fall on, on Womack at some point. It's Hopefully interesting not. how, like, they go from K1, who's was very versatile, but his biggest weakness was man-to-man coverage, to Samuel Womack, whose biggest strength is man-to-man coverage. I love that evolution. I mean, DBs are important. They do a lot of stuff, but man-to-man coverage is the most important thing. It's like rushing the quarterback. You can't – that can't be the one thing you're sacrificing. So D'Amico – I used to have these talks with with Robert Sala, who was so like into the old Pete Carroll rush four play zone. Da, da, da. I was like, I don't like this at all, man. I don't like it at all. You gave up eighty percent completions to Mitch Trubisky. Can you please take away these quick throws? It was a difference of philosophy. D'Amico's on my side, so I appreciate D'Amico. All these like quick man to man cover specialists that take away the slants and the quick passes and force the quarterback to throw low percentage throws against a good pass rush. It all works. It's great. Good job, I mean- Samuel. If you All can right. play man, you can play zone. But if you can play zone, that doesn't necessarily mean you can play man. So that should be the first thing you're looking for. You, if you can't run a 4-3, it's pretty tough to play man-to-man coverage against all the wide receivers. Anyway, 
Yeah. So the offensive line was not great in this game. Some people think it wasn't as bad as is being let on. I think it was worse. I don't know. What do you think of this offensive line? Well, last night I was going freaking crazy, right? Immediately watching it. Um, it was awful. Um, I, in front of everything I say, to preface everything I'm going to say today, I think it's important. I acknowledge it is preseason. Uh, everything is super vanilla. I know Kyle's going to scheme everything uh, to where it's more efficient and to where we're, we're playing towards our strengths. Um, and it's not going to look like it did last night. But so far in this preseason, the offensive line has been awful. Uh, and that includes in the run game, which is a, a surprising part for me. Now, again, uh, you know, the run game is going to look completely different than it looks like right now. But the offensive line hasn't shown me anything. Uh, you know, outside of Burford having, you know, He's done really well. Last night wasn't his best night. Poe's done well. Last night wasn't his best night. I think, honestly, the biggest surprise for me is how good Jake Brindle is playing. He's doing better than I thought he was going to do. But everything else, I mean, if McGlinchey or Trent Williams go down. And frankly, McGlinchey's down right now. And everyone's thinking, well, he'll be back. And, you know, who knows what to expect from Mike McGlinchey at this point. I mean, he's been healthy for like a week this year. You know, he, he missed everything in OTAs and minicamp, came back for a week, got hurt, has been gone. So it's not like he's – even if he were to come back, he'd be peak McGlinchey. And even peak McGlinchey's like a pretty mediocre player. So I, I think right tackle is a big concern, even if it is Mike McGlinchey, and it may not be. Yeah, and Eric Branch, uh, I think he put out that he's hearing that they're looking for interior help um, this morning. Uh, but, like, what about the right tackle? Like, well, Who's going to play right tackle now Burford did play tackle in college right so well, I do know that Burford and Banks both graded really bad in this last game so maybe the Niners are like oh these uh young unproven guys aren't are even if they're talented they're going to be really inconsistent yeah the, the line scares the crap out of me and I know every after last night it's funny you go you know go on Twitter and you see everyone coming at Trey Lance but he did not have any time you know, there's guys saying, oh, Jimmy would have been better because he gets the ball out quicker. Jimmy behind this offense and this, you know, it's not a knock on Jimmy, but he's a statue in the pocket. I mean, I guess it is a knock on Jimmy. He's a statue in the pocket, right? And he gets hurt very easily. Mm -hmm. Jimmy was playing with this line, the line that we've seen so far. I don't think he would do better. Yeah, he's sure you could get the, some passes out quicker, but Trey's mobility has – you know, help, helps him as well. He's a, he's able to avoid some of this stuff. So I don't think Jimmy would do any better. I, this is the biggest concern, the weakest unit on the team by far to me. Yeah. And some people will say like, it's overblown the issue. And Kyle has shown that he's a genius and he can work around this, but I don't know in 2020, I think 2020 was a failure uh, largely because of the offensive line. Um, like they didn't have a center at all, but they did have like in Tomlinson, Trent Williams, Mike McGlinchey, Daniel Brunskill. I mean, they had, most of their line, healthy Mike McGlinchey and uh, freaking Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt week two. Nick Mullins had to get like Tommy John surgery. I, they led the league in quarterback hits allowed. And that was with Trent Williams on the team. And I feel like this offensive line is worse. There's no Lake and Tomlinson. Mike McGlinchey hasn't practiced and is still rehabbing. Um, Alex Mack is gone. Alex Mack is gone. Uh, they didn't have Alex Mack in 2020, but. Or last year. I mean, Spencer Burford doesn't look. I mean, this offensive line looks bad. Like they could get, like he could get hit a lot. 
It looks and, like I mean, Joe Burrow gets, gets get hit a lot, but like some of these hits, they can ruin. Alex Smith, he got hit early in his career, uh, really affected him. Andrew Luck got hit a lot, really affected him. Only takes one. You really want to subject yeah. Trey Lance to that kind of punishment? I don't think we're going to see a lot of drop back passes from Trey Lance because of this reason. It's going to be a lot of play action, a lot of rollout, a lot of running, uh, and it, which is unfortunate. This is definitely the, the offensive line has downgraded, no question from last year and, and probably even worse than 2020. And what sucks about this is there's a, there was a stat going around that Trey Lance is the highest, greatest, highest graded first year quarterback ever. Um, or the highest quarterback rating of a first year uh, quarterback ever when in a clean pocket. It was like 120 or something. Yeah. Okay. So if he's that good from a clean pocket, wouldn't it behoove you to get good pass protection? If he's that yeah. kind of a weapon? Are you kidding me? But no. No. Yeah, that, I, I know we're, gonna, <clears throat> we're probably going to touch on it a little bit as far as like in the mistakes category that we're going to hit. But <clears throat> this was a huge mistake. I mean, what, what bothers me the most about these guys is like, why aren't you going all in? And going all in means giving Trey Lance protection, right? Yeah. Like investing in that offensive line. And I know we invested with a couple mid-round picks, but that's not enough when you're losing Alex Mack and McGlinchey's hurt and you got a first-year quarterback. It's It just wasn't uh, – Remember what Kyle keeps saying? Like the reason we're going with Trey is because of the salary cap. You know, like we, we kind of put on the wall. This is our team in the future with Jimmy. Here's our team in the future with Trey. Our team's better with Trey. Well, you're wasting that. You're two second year in a row, you're wasting it. Last year, you could have got rid of Jimmy Garoppolo and put that money into the roster and taken advantage of having a quarterback on a rookie deal, which is really anti-capitalist. I mean, the, the, the vets have put this in 10 years ago to suppress the earning power of the younger players, and it's not right, but the Niners could take advantage of it. They chose not to last year. They're choosing not to this year. Because even yeah. if they do get rid of Jimmy, they're not going to invest that money into this year's team, to your point. They're just going to make their own quarterback room worse. So that's You have four years of a quarterback on a, uh, on a rookie wage scale. They wasted half of it. That's yeah. their fault. Yeah. Half of it. Why am I yelling? I don't root for this team. Hey, it's passion. And so, so it, it, the most important positions in football, quarterback, right, obviously. And then it looks, it's looking like D-line, putting pressure on the quarterback. After that, it's got to be offensive line stopping pressure on your quarterback, right? And and I just haven't – we continue to invest in this D-line, which is great. But, you know, our second-string D-line is as good as any team's first-string down there D-line. Yet we haven't made or made the investment that we need to strengthen the offensive line makes zero sense to me. And, like, I know the Niners are all in with D-line and pass rush, but it seems like – you can manufacture pass rush. We saw Vic Fangio do it with stunts and, and games or blitzes. Uh, you can find pass rushers. Chris Kacarek molds pass rushers. It seems like the Niners could be taking the money ball approach with pass rushers. I mean, those are a lot of times, um, you know, platoon players anyway. It's hard to manufacture pass protection unless you start taking people out of your pattern and have eight and nine man protections, which Kyle doesn't want to do. He wants to have five guys in the pattern so he can be a genius and show all of his different whatever. Great. Then you need more. I mean, you need really good offensive linemen, and you're not going to find those guys in round four. I know you're trying to talk yourself into Spencer, Spencer Burford, but we saw last night. I mean, he hasn't even gotten any kind of test that he's going to get in the NFL. Like, he haven't faced real starters in a real game. Like, you, you had a nice little training camp, but dude, yeah. you, you got some growing pains ahead of you if you're ever going to get where, you, where, you, where they want you to be. 
and, and the scary part about it is Mike McGlinchey, if he doesn't have an amazing year and show that he's 100% healthy, he's gone. Trent Williams isn't getting any younger. I know he's amazing, but he's getting older. So <clears throat> you're going to have two tackle spots. <clears throat> Who's going to play those positions? You got a young quarterback on a rookie deal, but no one to protect him. Like, what's the future of this line? It's the biggest question on the team. And again, the thing that I don't know if some young people forget, but the Colts, they got Andrew Luck. They went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. That was a good franchise that lucked out. <laughs> and then they never, ever put an offensive line around Andrew Luck. He got beaten to hell, and he didn't make it to 30 as a player. And that was their <laughs> fault. Then that GM got fired, and the first thing they did was improve their offensive line. Are the Niners not going to learn that lesson? You can ruin a good a, a good quarterback, and I don't know that Trey Lance is as good as Andrew Luck. If Andrew Luck can get ruined, I guarantee you Trey Lance can. Well, especially if they're going to be running the freaking option and all these run plays for Trey Lance, right? It's, this is why you need Jimmy Garoppolo as a backup. If I'm being honest, this is why. You need Jimmy Garoppolo. You need to keep Jimmy. If you're going to run the triple that. option. coming out of my mouth. Yeah. If you're going to run the triple option, you got to be prepared for Lance to miss some time. And that means you got to be prepared for Nate Sudfeld to play, start. No, can't. Nope, absolutely not. Or Brock, sorry. Kyle shouldn't be disappointed in Trey. He knew what he was doing when he saw the line. That's the way I looked at last night. Um, but I understand the team being like, why are we making all these changes? It's not working. We're going to go to the triple option offense. We're going to suck at that. Can't we just do the thing that we did last year that we we're pretty good at? I mean, in my opinion, they should want to like extend themselves because they've given themselves multiple chances and failed to win the Super Bowl. But they keep thinking that they're, you know, one play away. Yeah, I didn't walk away from that game last night thinking Trey sucked. I, I didn't. I, like, he showed me what he's always shown me that, you know, He's got a little accuracy issues. That's it. Besides that, he, you know, and I think that could develop with time. We don't know, um, but it, it could. Um, other than that, there's nothing changed about my opinion with Trey last night. I was doing a live broadcast of the game with Jesse Naylor on Get Playback. Doc. It was really fun. And when I went on Twitter after the game, I was very surprised to see that most people were talking about Trey. I thought the conversation was going to be about the line and Debo because that's – I felt like – the line was so bad that you couldn't evaluate much more. And Trey's best throw of the day was to Debo, who wasn't open. We're going to talk about him in a minute. What's your opinion on the O-line? I think we gave it. It's not good. Novin says the worst move was letting Lakin go. Great left guard who never missed a game. Why let that go? Our O-line is horrendous. Niners don't value healthy players. I understand letting him go if you're going to upgrade the spot. Because he's a good, not great left guard. But they didn't upgrade it. They were like, we'll just roll the dice with Aaron Banks. Like, Okay, why? Yeah, they, they why? upgraded every position on this team except for the but offensive down. line. They downgraded. Yeah, it's strange. It's a, it's a strange thing to downgrade right before changing quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. I don't know who does that. Okay, let's talk about the penalties in this game. Concerning yeah, I mean, you? Yeah, that was concerning me. I know it's preseason, and I know a lot of these guys won't even be on the team. Um, but but Burford had to. Yeah. Um, you know, that says a lot. I mean, that's a coaching thing. Uh, in, in my opinion, if you have a lot of penalties, that's on the coach. So for whatever reason, and maybe these guys were nervous, they know it's their last chance um, to go out there and compete, earn a, earn a roster spot or earn a spot on the depth chart. Um, but the penalties were really scary, bad last night. Um, penalties lose you games. So a bad offensive line and a lot of penalties, yes, it's preseason. And hopefully we don't see that during the regular season. But if you have a bad offensive line, and you have a lot of penalties, that's a formula for losing. I, 
after last night's game, and again, I'm probably overreacting, but my outlook on this season went down. Um, you know, I had them with like 10, 10 and seven. And now I think you're right. Like nine and eight is probably more realistic. Yeah. And, you know, they'll probably squeeze one out against the Bears. And then uh, next week they play Seattle. Uh, Seattle. Wow. They should be able to beat Seattle. Yeah, but, but when they, they meet Denver and the, and the Rams, yeah, that's probably going to start two and two at best, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll see how see what, how this quarterback situation evolves. The penalties, to me, it's like with Kyle, everyone calls him a genius. He's a great coach, and but there's a disconnect here. And it's like, to me, he's very detail-oriented with certain things, his playbook, scheme, maybe his coaching staff. But when it comes to like scheduling or discipline or penalties or turnovers, these little things just undo the 49ers constantly. You know, like, like you get a lot of yards, but you get a lot of picks and turnovers. Like, is that not your responsibility at all? Do you just blame the players and say, this is a high-risk offense, go make it work, like Tom Brady would or Peyton Manning would? I don't know. Maybe that's what he does. Yeah, it's a concern, I man. I know, you know, good thing, good for Kyle for saying the other day. I mean, obviously, they all going to say it, but him and Debo both said that their goal is a Super Bowl. Debo said it after getting the bag. So um, good for him for getting the bag. But we'll talk more about that later from the Niners standpoint. But yeah, if you want to win the Super Bowl, you got to take care of everything. And this off offensive line is too big of a question for me to think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I tweeted last night that I'm going to lose half my followers today, and I'm sure I will, but I'm just being honest, man. I'm, I'm concerned about uh, the offensive line, and hopefully I'm proven wrong when the season starts. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm not sure that Mike Bluetooth is going to start week one. We'll see what Colton McKivitz has got. They've won with him at, at tackle before, but I don't think he's particularly good. What do you think of the running backs that you, that you saw last night? Uh, the running backs in general, like, so I really like Mason, like, right. If I'm going on, um, if I'm going on who I would pick to make the team, it'd be, you know, Elijah Mitchell, uh, Jeff Wilson, Jr. Mason and hasty, mm -hmm. um, Trey Sermon and TDP are at the bottom of the list for me. Now that's not what the Niners are going to do. Obviously, you know, they drafted, uh, T uh, TDP and Sermon in the third round and they'll probably make it. Um, I'm not sure if hasty makes it. I'm not sure if Mason, He'll probably go to the practice squad. But just off what I see in the games, you know, Mason and Hasty and Wilson are yeah. my favorite running backs by far. They make it look easy, at least in the preseason. Meanwhile, like Trey Sermon and Ty Davis Price look like they can't find a hole to save their lives. I don't think they're going to give up on Ty Davis Price yet, although, but I don't think they will. So he'll probably make it. I'm not sure Trey Sermon's going to make it. I think they're kind of trying to showcase him for a trade. I don't think anyone's going to trade for him. And I think they could cut him and maybe put him on their practice squad. I mean, he looks slow. He looks indecisive. He looks like he doesn't run that hard. I mean, Jordan Mason looks better than him in every single way. If they cut Jordan Mason, he'll probably make it to the practice squad. I used to flip out about the Niners cutting Jeff Wilson, but he always made it to the practice squad. I feel like every team probably has a running back they like. that's an undrafted free agent rookie. But why, Mason why, does, good. why does John Lynch value practice over game? Right. Like he's saying, Trey Sermon looks amazing in practice. He doesn't. I was in practice. He's he's there. He doesn't. I'm telling you, they're trying to trade him. Well, he's great. Team even guy. If he did, even if he did look good in practice, you come out and you crap, crap the bed in the game. Practice. I mean, practice is, you know, it's, it's a telling thing. But when you're out here going against an opponent who's tackling you and you're not putting it on film, that means more to me than. Oh, when a general manager criticizes a third-round pick, he's criticizing himself, right? 
Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. So he's I think I'm not going to, you know, slander my own resume out here. That's right. probably what it is. Yeah. What do you think of Ray Ray, the return man? It used to be Ayuk. He was a huge disappointment. I feel that was one of quality control's biggest missteps, lobbying for that. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I did. Ray Ray looked like a really bad return. <laughs> Excuse me, a really bad return man last night. He didn't he looked, do anything. He did not look good. No, he didn't. No. Super hesitant. Like yeah. he looks like to me, he's like, he's trying to get the big, the big yeah. return, right? Yeah. It, versus just get what you can yep. um, and see if something opens up. Um, I don't like Ray Ray at, at returning the ball. He's also known for fumbling. Yeah. Um, and if we remember, what was his name? Kevin Mitchell? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a, uh, or is Mitchell not, is that his name? No. Kyle Williams. Kyle Williams. Kyle me. Williams. Yeah. Kyle Williams. You know, I have PTSD from Kyle Williams. And I think Ray Ray having a fumbling issue and having a fumbler who's known for fumbling at the return man who's hesitant, not trying to get all his yards. I don't think Ray Ray is the answer. Now, I do like Ray Ray as a receiver, as a weapon. Uh, I'm glad he's on the team, but not as a return man. You know who the who the best punt returner on the team is by far? Debo. Debo. Yeah. Debo. You know who should be the returner? Debo. I know I never understand. People be like, you can't put him back there. He could get hurt. It's like, you know, he plays running back for this team, right? You know, he's yeah. running back on this. So, so that's okay. A few carries here and there, but one punt return, a that oh my god, Debo's he should be the returner. Ray Ray, I'm with you. Like he's trying for the big play. He's a little loose with the football. He's not a home run threat. He runs a f- four five. So like just go upfield, get mm-hmm. 10 yards. But no, yeah. I think he's gonna have a bigger impact on this team as a receiver than as a returner. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I and you brought Debo. I think Debo's gonna have way less receiving yards this year, way more rushing yards than he did last year. Agree. We'll talk about that. But first, we have to talk about someone who really matters. Malik Turner. Mm-hmm. I don't know who he was when the Niners signed him, but he's had a phenomenal offseason. He's one of these fringe roster guys, but he's been on teams a lot and looks like he knows how to make a 53-man roster. Yeah, if he if they keep six, which I think they will, uh, it's going to be Malik Turner, no question. Uh, last night sealed that deal for me as far as that's concerned. And, you know, I kind of thought that the whole time. But last night, he really just put himself above everybody else. So to me, it's no question if there's a six receiver on this squad, which there probably will be, it's going to be Malik Turner, no question. Yeah, I think so, too. What I like about him is how hard he plays in the preseason games, how he's trying to make plays on special teams. Like, that's kind of what you got to do. And that's what Trent, he's like the new Trent Sherfield. He's the guy who is just, who wants it more than some young guys and understands that he can actually outwork these guys. They don't, they don't really understand what it takes to, to, to impress an NFL coaching staff. Uh, yeah, I think he's been a good signing. Who's had a better offseason, Malik Turner or Jawan Jennings? Oh, Malik Turner. In the sense that Malik Turner's had an excellent offseason and Jawan Jennings has had a horrendous offseason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no, Malik Turner's been great. I, I didn't know who he was, and after a while, it's like, oh, he's whoever 17 is is clearly making the team, obviously, I think. Yeah, Jawan Jennings is here because of his play last, last season. Um, nothing, not because of what he did in this offseason. So hopefully he turns it back up when actual gameplay starts. And I love how Kyle is so stingy with certain praise. Like he really won't go too far with Trey. He wants Trey to earn everything, which is great. Don't anoint him. I love that. Jawan Jennings, though. I mean, he has like four or five good games down the stretch and Kyle all offseason is like, oh yeah, that's our best route runner. Forget Debo. Forget Ayuk. That's our best route runner. Like, dude, what? Yeah. Are you Ayuk's by far a better route runner than 
Juwan Just Jennings. Stop saying that, man. Like <laughs> you said that on the record. <laughs> yeah. What did you see from the quarterbacks in this game? All right. So like we're starting with uh, I guess Trey Lance. Yeah. Again, I don't think we had a lot to to learn from last night. You see the same guy. He's mobile in the pocket, which I like. Um, he has a tendency to be inaccurate, which I think is his biggest issue that he's going to have to overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, he's a threat, and I think he's going to be fine um, over time. But I think the expectations for Trey Lance, uh, they need to be hindered a little bit. Um, he is – this is his rookie season. Yeah. You know, this is He's played 25 games. So, like – this is his rookie season. And most season. of those games were in 2019. Yeah. This is a rookie season. And if your expectations that Trey Lance is going to come out and be a top five quarterback this year, I think that's that's I a mean, mistake. The Niners don't expect that. Yeah. They don't. The Niners don't expect that. I don't expect that. He's going to have ups and downs. His accuracy will improve, but it's going to cause him issues um, this year a little bit. I, I would imagine he's going to have bad games. He's going to have bad throws. But that doesn't and it's mean not that he has bad mechanics. It's that his mechanics come and go. He does. He'll yeah. do it right seven times, and then he'll do it wrong three times. So yeah, he's young. He's not awful. He's no. not. He doesn't have awful inaccuracy. That's no. Not what I'm saying, and I hope people don't take it that way. But um, he's gonna have you know issues with it. Like yeah. the throw, he threw a couple in the ground. You know, which is usually throws high, right? But he threw a couple in the ground. Maybe he maybe he watched your video and he's can't intercept a oh, one hopper. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so sorry, you know, Trey. You overcorrected on that one. I didn't mean to throw it in the ground, but I, you know, find the middle, middle ground. Yeah, but with Trey, I think we're gonna have to give him, you know, half the season before you really have an idea of where he's headed. My question is, what will happen first? Will Trey be a top ten quarterback, or or will he be fully bald? What's gonna happen? Top ten. It, top ten. Because yeah. I, I think he's balding. Patek wants to know if he, is he balding already. I think yes. I think he's got less hair than last year. I, I I like Trey, man. I, I think he needs to get a fade, though. He needs to yeah, just let it go, man. Fade it up, yeah. Yeah, I think th- th- whatever. I think he's been rocking this haircut for like probably four or five years, and mm-hmm. I think he's just reached a different stage of his life where his hair is a little thinner. He's probably got to change it up. But I I do know more about haircuts than football, though. I think I'm qualified to say that. Just yeah. beauty beauty tips. Me yeah. says Texans playing like a regular season game. Uh, Blitz packages and D-line stuns, swapping coverages every play, kept their starting quarterback into the third. Hey, well, you're supposed to. That's how, When we grew up, it was the dress rehearsal and teams game plan and did stuff like that. It was the dress rehearsal. You did it like it was a pre, like a regular season game. I don't know. The Niners are super uh, cutting edge. So I guess you're supposed to go out there and just drop a big donut and feel like, be like, yeah, we're ready. I think they're paranoid because of injuries. Um, yeah, you know, which makes sense because they have a history of having a ton of injuries. True, and the way that the way that the offensive line was blocking last night for Trey, I don't blame him. You know, pulling out. I thought he hit his head on on. I thought he hit his hand on uh, one of the defensive players' hands. Um, there was a play where on this on the last series, I'm not. He gonna rolled out. Yeah, yeah, he got. Hold on, no, I want to find it. So it's here. Boom. Second and eight. He uh, Jalen Moore gets beat on the left. Someone knocks the ball down. Then on third and eight, he throws a quick little pass to Sermon. He gets the hell out of the game, doesn't come back. I wonder. I guess we'll find out from Kyle in an hour and a half. Yeah. Jose says, I feel like all these NFL reporters are judging him a little too hard because of last night. Again, I didn't yes. think he was bad. He was 7 of 11 last night. And it's the throw to Debo was good, I thought. Expect expect that more, Jose. That's that's how it's going to be for, 
for Trey Lance all season long. Like when he does good, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll be quiet. When he does bad, they're going to jump all over it. Um, that's just how it is going to be for Trey. Um, now, as far as Sudfeld and Purdy, I think there's no question Purdy is better than Sudfeld, but I also think it's no question Purdy is not an adequate backup, in my opinion. They need they need Jimmy Garoppolo as a backup quarterback or somebody, right? Like, you got Purdy over here trying to make plays, moving around, throwing picks. You got Nate Sudfield over here, like, trying to get the ball out of his hand as quickly as freaking possible, throwing picks. Like, you guys can't play in the NFL. I'm sorry. You might be great in practice, but your job as a backup quarterback is to not lose the game. And you two are going to lose the freaking game playing like that. No one's talking about Trey not turning the ball over in preseason. I mean, at least he was a game manager and protected the ball. People over here like romanticizing Brock Purdy. I like the way he made plays. Like, yeah, to the other team. What are you talking about? That's why Jimmy's still here. Nah, I'm not. No, those are guys. Those are like glorified third string quarterbacks who should be on the practice squad. And I don't think anyone pick up either of them, but. I'm sorry. I'm the Grinch. I think Purdy – I think, Purdy, I, think Pur, I like Purdy way better than I like Sudfeld. Me too. And I give him time because he is uh, – you know, he's a rookie. He's young. Um, yeah, he's young. So yeah. I think he could definitely be an adequate backup at some point. And I like his athleticism, his mobility. He's, he's kind of like a, a smaller, mobile Jimmy. He's like Matt McGloin. Remember <laughs> Matt McGloin? Matt McGloin thought he was so good. He'd be trying to make plays like, Matt, man, like, dude, you're just the backup quarterback. Can you, like, check it down or live to f- – anyway, let's talk about – that's enough of this game because it's over and it's the preseason, and now we need to look f- forward. But by looking forward, let's look back mm-hmm. because this is a little bit of an uneasy day in Ninerland, and I think it's fair to sort of look at how they got here, some questionable decisions they made in the offseason. Dare I say mistakes? I'm saying mistakes. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the quarterback spot first. Okay. So one thing, I mean, I'm going to take him back even further. Let's go to 2018. So I was looking last night. I was pissed after watching this game. I'm like, what is wrong with these guys? You know, a little overreaction maybe. Um, I started looking at the numbers for, for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm like, um, because to me, when, and this isn't against Jimmy. Pretty much everything I'm saying right now is not against Jimmy. This is about Parag. Uh, this is about John Lynch. It's about Kyle Shanahan. Um, so I started looking at Jimmy's numbers. He signed a contract for 137 million in 2018. Um, since then, from that point until now, the 49ers have paid Jimmy Garoppolo 111 million. So I was like, damn, that's crazy. Right. So I started, which is 27 and a half million per year. Crazy. So, I, so I started, and they're going to pay him another 27 million if they keep him on here and don't restructure his contract. Um, so I started looking like in that same time frame, uh, what did Tom, Tom Brady make? Tom Brady made 78 million. So we paid 111 million for Jimmy Garoppolo. Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, made $78 million, 19 and a half million per year. Then I was like, well, what about the two-time MVP back-to-back Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers made 98 million in that time frame. 24 and a half million per year. Oh my God. So this contract, no matter what you think of Jimmy, is a what about shit. Kirk? What about Kirk? Did Kirk make more? Kirk made more, right? I, I, didn't, I didn't look at Kirk. He got all that guaranteed clear. Anyway. Yeah, I didn't look at Kirk, but you're comparing the best two quarterbacks in the game. The, one of the best quarterbacks of all time makes less than Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Now, here's the other thing. Jimmy Garoppolo has missed 35% of his games. So you're paying that much. You're paying more for Jimmy Garoppolo. Who's per, per game, yeah, that he's actually game, he's played 65% of his games, whereas Tom Brady, Aaron, Rod- Aaron Rodgers. Is he getting like two, mil, like two mil a start? Two it's like two and a half per game. Yeah, this, so this is this was and then people saying the Niners have to do right by Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, they did right by Jimmy Garoppolo. They did two right by two and a half million a game, so the Niners could run, so he could hand off. Man, only in America, only in America. And, and you know the thing is about Parag. Everyone says, "Oh, Parag is this hardcore negotiator, right? He's the one responsible for this awful contract, right?" And they did it five games, five games after you know he played five great games. He did good, and then they gave they him tagged him. It made him the highest quarterback in, in the highest pick. If quarterback they tag him, do you think he goes from that offseason? Do you think he comes in uh, unprepared the way he allegedly was? I don't know. That's the thing. That So that's one of the things, and we'll talk about that more. But I think the Niners have a big problem paying guys too soon when you don't need to. Like, right? From a player's perspective, good for you, man. Like, good for you, Jimmy. Good for you, yeah. Debo. I'm glad you got paid. And that's got to be your number one priority. I don't blame you at all. But if you're running an organization, why do you continue to pay people so much money when it's well known that players in the NFL tend not to play the same for the most part after they get to bed? Right. To me, I think this is a Kyle trend. They didn't used to be this way. I mean, Trent Balky used to be a, you know, he used to play hardball. Kyle is the good guy. He's not Coach Shanahan. He's Kyle. And he, with the best players on the team, He's friends with them. He's friends with Debo. So you remember that? We're, we're friends. Okay. Well, you're going to, you won't be friends if you don't give him the bag. <laughs> like, he's not going to like you if you don't, if you're like, we, you know, we're really cool and we're going to talk before practice in my office, but we're going to go year to year with you, Debo. We're going to tag you. Like, right. End of friendship. Done. So, like, in, in regards to Jimmy and Trey, so that was the first mistake that I wanted to, to bring up, right? The second mistake, what I think the 49ers should have done after they drafted Trey Lance before the season last year, they should have done two things. They should have either traded Jimmy then because it's well known that they could have got a second round pick for Jimmy at that point and just let Trey do his thing so he could learn last year. If you're not going to do that, what you need to do is create competition and give Trey an actual chance to compete for that starting job last night. They really never did. It was Jimmy's team from the get go. So Think about how everything is now because of how awkward it is and how they set this whole thing up with Jimmy and Trey. If last year all they said was, hey, Jimmy, we love you. You get injured a lot. We, we need an insurance policy. That's why we drafted Trey. We want both you guys to go out there and compete. Best man wins. <clears throat> what if they did that? I mean, and, Carolina did that this year, right? Right. And, and they did it. Yeah. And they could, if they did that last year, they could have done it this year. Right. They could have done it again this year. Same thing yeah. now. Trey, Jimmy. Go out there and compete. Competition makes yeah, the whole better. team knows the best quarterback is playing. It was determined. You know, right. we're all on the same page here. Yeah, right. yeah. And competition, competition will make both of these guys better. Not paying Jimmy the bag probably would have made him better. He had to continue to earn it. And not only that, if if you don't just dismiss Jimmy, okay, this is Trey's team. We're done with Jimmy. Now Jimmy's trade value is a lot higher than it is right now. So if you really wanted to trade Jimmy, let him compete. Let him know, let the world know that you think he's able to compete with Trey Lance for the starting spot and either make him the backup if he doesn't beat out Jimmy or beat out Trey. Or now you're now his trade value is legit because you actually gave him a, a chance to compete. And he's not like the 
ugly stepchild in the corner throwing passes on the practice field. Yep. You know? Which is the most awkward Cinderella recreation you could imagine. Right. And and you you undercut yourself with his trade value. Yeah, you did. Constantly. Every every step of the way, the Niners made his trade value less. Mark says Niners overconfident and Trey Lance didn't invest. Yeah, they're overconfident in Trey Lance. That's pretty much what we're saying in this show. No. No. No, they're not overconfident. If only they were. You just, yeah. I thought they knew something that we didn't know uh, when they gave up all those picks for Lance. I was like, oh, wow, Kyle is really making a statement here. But ever since then, they're like, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They didn't even That's let pretty much been their attitude. Yeah. yeah David says the last crappy season we had, we at least got Bosa out of it. We have a crappy season this year. We uh, won't even get a top prospect. Olin is a major question. Well, as long as they have Bosa and Debo, like they're going to win week one, even without like, right. They're going to win week one. Yeah. They're still going to win more games than they lose. Most likely even with Debo's concerning me and it's free. You're allowed to say whatever you want about Trey and nitpick him. But Debo, if you say that he's a little overweight or not quite as fast or whatever, people are like based on what? And I, you know, you're not, people aren't there at practice with me. So I've been trying to say it kind of like quietly, like whisper it. But now people saw it, and that's what it looks like when he runs deep in practice. He doesn't separate vertically. People say he's not that kind of a player. All right, well, he's supposed to be elite. I don't know. What do you see from Debo? So, I mean, maybe I differ a little bit. The problem I see with Debo, the mistake I see with Debo is that I don't think he's ever been the deep route player. I don't ever think he's been a burner. Um, He was catered for – he was perfect receiver for for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, You know, slants. Um, screens, passes, plays like that. that. That's where Debo's strength is. My problem isn't necessarily with Debo. Again, this to me goes back to Parag and John and Kyle giving the Debo the bag this year. And good for him. I'm glad he did. He bought a house. That's awesome. I'm happy. I truly am happy for people that find success in life. But they shouldn't have done it. Why? What is it going to accomplish? They've just paid him elite receiver money. And really yeah. what he is, is the elite weapon yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. You know, he's better at running than he is catching balls. His hand, he's never been known yeah. for going deep. He's never been known for being a burner. He's never been known for having great hands. Nope. Those are all things you want from a receiver, right? So what, what Debo's going to be great at is running the ball, catching the slants, the yards after catch. Screens. Screens, right? But now they paid him the bag. And again, I'm happy for Debo. Good for him. But from an organization standpoint, you just guarantee this guy millions of dollars and you still don't have an offensive line. And he, so far, he's not a great fit with Trey. I mean, you said he's good on the slants and the in-breaking routes. Well, that's not something that Trey's real good at right now. And mm-hmm. then no matter where Trey tries to throw to Debo, like Trey throws a less catchable ball than Jimmy. It's coming harder. It's not a perfect spiral every time. Ayuk can catch it. Kittle can catch it. Debo's having problems. Now, maybe if he'd been here all offseason and had more practice, it wouldn't be an issue. But he wasn't. And they're trying to, like, cram it in in, in like, a month. And so far, that's what it looks like in the game. So they got to figure out how those two are going to work together because so far they don't they don't know. They, it's okay. Yeah. We got screens. We got running back. We got pitches. Uh, anything else? Oh, not the slants. Not the intermediate stuff. Uh, maybe deep? Yeah. Okay, we'll go deep. Well, that's not working either right now. And it's, again, is it fair? Look, 
you said it, they gave him the bag, maybe a little prematurely. Sometimes what happens to players to get the bag is they lose a little hunger and they become a little slower. I mean, it happens to a lot of people. It happened to Jimmy Graham. To me, he looks not as fast, not as explosive, not as hungry. I hope I'm wrong. He still has three weeks to uh, get into tip-top shape. But, man, outrun Steven Nelson, please. 30-year-old DB, come on, man. Yeah, Otherwise, we're going to have to put Danny Gray in there, buddy. It's it's entirely possible that Debo has an amazing season, and I look stupid for, for saying what I am today. And I'm sure a lot of people are pissed off. But I'm just – if I'm looking at things from a from the 49ers standpoint, if I'm the GM for the 49ers, I'm not paying anybody – unless I absolutely have to, and that they've proven season after season who they are. And Debo, and they should have learned that from Jimmy, right? Right, you should have learned it from Jimmy, right? Yeah. And the way Debo plays, man, he's he's going to take a lot of hits, and I'm knock on wood, nothing happens to him. But you guaranteed him a lot of money, paid him elite wide receiver money for a guy who's going to be a, one of the best weapons in the league, no question, an important part of this team, but not – an elite receiver from a from a receiving standpoint. That's not who he is. Ayuk's a better matchup for Trey Lance than, than Debo by far. I mean, they gave Fred one of the bag, and he had his worst season after that. They gave George Kittle the bag, and he's had two seasons that weren't quite as good as the ones before then. I don't know. I think, yeah, maybe there's a pattern here. Maybe the Niners might want to think about this. And maybe it's Kyle. Like, dude, do you really need to have a big, happy family, or do you need to make decisions that are best for the organization? And there's somebody needs to override him, right? And I don't think John Lynch is the guy to do it. Somebody, somebody needs to override him. Like, no, man, like we need to see more before we, you know, invest that much into a wide receiver. Okay, mistake number three of the offseason. This, this is an easy one. Like, you give Nate Sudfeld $2 million guaranteed. Why? Why? Who else would do that? And why? No one. I mean, it's not a lot of money, but it, like, why? Like, what's? Yeah. I mean, you know, relatively speaking, it's not a lot of money. I'm, but Purdy's looked better than Sudfeld, and you gave Sudfeld two million dollars in the offseason. Just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It doesn't make sense either. I mean, Rich Gangarello brought him here. He's one of these guys that's like a coach on the field, but I mean, I, I, he doesn't even look good in preseason. I don't think he's ever going to play. Let him be a coach. Why is he here? He was on the practice squad last year. No team poached him. Could have. There's no market for him, and the Niners gave him multi more than $1 million guaranteed. That's so generous of them. They're a charitable and now, organization. And now it's almost like they have to you know, release Purdy and sign him to the practice squad. Just because they paid him $2 million guarantee. You can't pay a guy $2 million guarantee and just cut him. Yeah. What they could say is like, hey, look, Jed, I know we, you gave Nate Sudfeld $2 million. Sorry, that was our bad. But he's so bad that we can cut him. He'll clear waivers and put him on the practice squad. He'll still be here. Yeah. So that money will still go to use. Don't worry. Yeah. I'm certain. Yeah, yeah it's just another mistake. It's a small one in perspective to everything else, but definitely a mistake. But it's uh, a contributing factor to Jimmy Garoppolo still being here and maybe uh, being here during the season. Yeah. Sean says the Niners' neglect of the offensive line is criminal. I hardly know crap about football, and even I know that when you have brand-new, talented quarterback, your first priority is protect him. Yeah, I mean, don't break him before he has a chance to establish himself. Yeah. Dead on, Sean. Because that's what the Niners did to Alex Smith. Yeah, now, that was a bad team, but he got hurt. Most important positions, quarterback, defensive line, offensive line. People talk about Colin Kaepernick having a great start to his career. He had the best offensive line in the league. He had yep. Joe Staley, 
Mikey Potty in his prime. Uh, Goodwin. Gil- Kilgore, Goodwin, one of the two. And then he had Boone and Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. Yep. yep. Like four yeah. pro bowlers on that line. Yeah, Boone was Boone was actually for a tap. He, he was more like a tackle playing guard. He was he was good. Anthony Davis was a way better run blocker than Mike McGlinchey, too. Anthony Davis was a mauler. He was a yeah. better player than McGlinchey. He was really good. Yeah, I, I liked Anthony Davis as a player, and I got into it with him a little bit. Me too. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's a, good times. He's, a, he's a definitely a good player. Ryan says, hey, Grant, do you think the Niners will win the division this year in the NFC West? No. But they could. But I don't. But they could. But I don't. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Nine yeah. and eight. It's going to be tough with that line. Uh, someone, the goat says, Grant, do you add hominem these coaches sometimes? Nah, man. I, I man, I was UCLA. You can't be ad hominem, ad hominem, ad homonyming people. It's just, it's intellectually dishonest. It's a logical fallacy too. That someone's argument is invalid because of who they are. No, you can't do that. Jose says, I love Debo, but he's looking like big Tony right now. Shake my head. Who's big Tony? I don't know who big Tony is, but I like it. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, moving on. Another mistake. Safety position. Well, I know. That I think I have a lot of unpopular opinions today for whatever reason. But, like, to me, like, one of the first mistakes is letting go of Tart because of one dropped interception. I thought Tart was a pretty decent player. I mean, he wasn't the best. He's not a pro bowler. Um, but he was inadequate to play the position. And letting go of Tart – because yeah, he signed to be like a third stringer in Philly. You couldn't assign him to be a backup here. You really needed him to go that bad. Yeah, I, I think Tart is actually. You have halitosis. Uh, What's the problem? <laughs> yeah, and, and you got Jimmy Ward, who is the one of the top, you know, top five in his position. But he is what, what thirty two now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, getting there. Yeah, and and so when you get up to that age, I mean, things start happening, and unfortunately, he's going to be gone. So you got uh, Talanoa Hufanga back there, and the new guy was it Anthony. What's his name? The the new safety we just signed. Tyshawn, uh, Tashawn Gibson. Tashawn Gibson. That looks like that's going to be your starting safeties possibly in week one. Maybe who? Yeah. Tarverius Moore. Is going to be yeah. Over. Yeah. So I don't, all I know is last time the Niners started uh, Talanoa Hufunga and Tavon Wilson, they lost to Colt McCoy. So is George Odom better than Tavon Wilson? Don't know. Maybe. Yeah. We'll I see. think. I think uh, if the Niners would have just invested a little bit more or prioritized a little bit more the safety position and the offensive line, mostly the offensive line in the offseason, I don't know what the hell I'd even have to complain about right now. Um, it just it doesn't make sense what I mean, why it wasn't addressed. We've been talking about it for months. So um, I think that was a mistake on their part. Agree. They could have they didn't even draft one. That was foolhardy. Jose says, I still miss Raheem. I feel like those two mil should have been split for uh, Sudfeld, especially if Raheem only asked for one million. Yeah, like they should have Raheem Mostert on this team. I understand they don't want to have injury-prone players, but he's really good, and he would have cost you nothing. Yeah, that's a great point, Jose. A million dollars? Yes. Sudfeld gets two. You can pay Mostert one for sure. Callie Tremor says, Debo looks like he's sandbagging and hope he's ready for the season. Debo looks... Like James Harden looked like he wanted to get tra- when he wanted to get traded out of Houston. I'm kidding, mostly. It's All actually right. it's actually a good comparison, Grant. I hate to say that. Yeah. All right. What about the running backs? How do the Niners err in their running back acquisitions? Really, the, the to me the way they err in running back positions is 
they just spend too much draft capital on them. Like, two years in a row. Imagine if they had gone other positions. Sorry, keep going. Like maybe offensive line or safety. Nick Cross was available in the third round, I believe, right? So you could have real quick, hold on. When you like before the draft, if you were to say, Hey, do you think the Niners are gonna draft a running back in on the in day two today? Niner fans would be like, No, of course not. That's stupid. And then they do it and they're like, Well, you know what? I like that guy. And no, it's good. It's, it's like if right. I had put that in my mock draft, you would have yelled at me. But Kyle doesn't, you're like, No, 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 hold on. It's smart. It's not. They, they traded up to get Sermon with a third rounder. They drafted TDP with a third rounder, and their best running backs are undrafted Elijah Mitchell uh, every time every time every time right every time. Mason yeah uh, hasty uh, it doesn't make any sense they could have invested that in more of a priority like the offensive line and and safety I just yeah. feel like Kyle's bad at drafting it's so clear to me that Kyle's the one picking the the players in the first two days and what he does at running back is like he'll be like all right let me see their best their best tape let me see their best game and he always falls for some guy who ran for like 300 yards one time or 280 yards one time, every single time. Trey Sermon did it. Joe Williams did it. Ty Davis Price did it. And it's like that is not a good way to scout running backs. Just let your scouts do it because they're finding guys like Jordan Mason and Jeff Wilson Jr. I mean, come on. Take your ego out of it. They're good at it. Let them do it. Yeah, and, and not only that, like the 49ers running scheme, you can – Plug you play. can take you can take a decent running back and he'll do really really good. And not asking him to make a jump cut and a spin. It's like make one freaking cut, get up field, fall forward. I mean, your dad's been finding running backs like that in six round later since nineteen ninety two. Come on! <laughs> hey, hey, every year there's a new leading rusher on the 49ers. That this year's tells you. Jordan Mason, man. No, right now I think the best running back on the team right now. Jeff Wilson Jr. It might be Mason, but those two are ferocious right now. You could go pretty far with just those two, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Last topic, and then we got to get up out of here. D-line, O-line. Yeah, th- this just goes back. We talked a lot about it already, but the 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 mistake they made on the D-line, O-line is trying to be too deep on the D-line, spending yeah. too much priority on the D-line and not enough on the O-line. Your D-line is amazing, guys. Like – we're fine. Like settle down, spend some effort, put in some energy, prioritize the offensive line now, because the same reason why you love the D line so much, that's the same reason why you need an offensive line to stop other teams defensive line from coming after your quarterback. See, this was my thing with the Drake Jackson pick. I like Drake Jackson, good player. He has the right coaching. I mean, they know what they're doing there, but instead from John Lynch's perspective, instead of just standing pat and letting, the best player available at a position you don't need, but it's just, it's an important position. Just fall to you. How about we proactive and trade up for an offensive lineman? There was there were centers, there were other, there were guards. Now you went banks last year. You're not you're not as good. They're not as good at drafting offensive linemen. I'm going to say that they yeah. took Mike McGlinchey at, at pick nine. I mean, there were other offensive tackles who were better. Colton Miller, Isaiah Wynn. They took Aaron Banks over Creed Humphrey. Like they need to examine how they scout this position. They're not doing a great job at it. So maybe and, that's and why, maybe that's one reason not to draft it if they can't scout it. Yeah. Well, and and now it's yeah. not even this year that concerns me. It's every year we don't have a first round draft pick next year. Nope. They they're gonna have needs. McGlinchey, if I'm betting, McGlinchey was not gonna be back. That's my guess. He's playing out his fifth year option. They're not that excited about him. 
No. And, and is how long is Williams going to be able to play? He looks great, so maybe he'll be able to play a long time. But maybe he'll play to forty. Maybe not. We'll see. Right. They they yeah. got to figure out the offensive line. They got to start investing in it. And next year they have no first round draft pick, so I don't know where it's going to come from. No, they did it multiple times. They did it a lot. Tripping. Once, man, people just be wrong all the time, but it's okay. Callie Tremor says the O-line has uh, more issues than 880 and 101 combined. <laughs> I will say that ever since 880 put in that fast track lane, I use it all the time, and it makes my life a lot easier. Time is money. You can write that off. Some people don't want to pay for it, but thank you. I will. That's because you got my life so much better. It's because you got more than 50,000 subscribers now, Grant. You're in that fast lane, bro. <laughs> all right. That's right. All yeah. right. It's 1 o'clock. That's our show. Love these shows with Ryan. He does a great job. Check out his YouTube channel. He's doing uh, interviews with some of your favorite content creators, and they're really good. He did one with Jesse Naylor yesterday. I learned so much about I didn't know anything about First of all, apparently he had a beard. I, didn't know. <laughs> I love that you didn't notice that. I, he, wow. I can't picture it. Anyway, um, you know, check what, out Ryan. What, what I do on my YouTube, just real quick, I just – and it's not regular. I'm not – Trying to be like Grant, I, you know, I can't be like Grant, obviously, but uh, I just like I just like people. So it's not only, you know, content creators. It might just I just try to interview people that I respect, who I think are successful, and I just try to learn from them. I have one with Grant a long time ago. Hopefully, he'll come back on again. I think I'm a little bit better at it now than I was back then. But yeah, if you want to subscribe, check it out. And uh, I'm a mortgage lender, so if you ever need buy a house, hit me up. Oh, I finance. I thought that said if I Nance. I was like, I don't get it. Like finance okay all right i get it i get it thanks for watching everyone um i'll see you guys soon see ya